There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. And Joe, the Flyers kind of came back with a dud after the All-Star break. They looked rusty, they looked out of sync, and they lost 2-1 to the Islanders. And while New York is one of the better defensive teams in the league, they checked. They didn't give the Flyers much at all. The Flyers definitely wanted to start that homestand on a better foot. It's four games here in a row at the Wells Fargo Center and an important month of February where perhaps they can dictate a little, dictate their, you know, their say here in this season. Uh, what did you think of the game? And did you think it was as disappointing of a, of a loss as I did? Yeah. Um, so along the lines of the defensive, you know, them not giving much, the Flyers helped them out by not taking advantage of the little opportunities they did get. Uh, JVR had a couple pucks go under his stick. Um, and, you know, when you're playing a, a roster that's designed by Lou Lamorello, you know what you're going to get. They don't score much. They don't allow much. And, I mean, the Islanders are the kind of they're kind of team, and we've seen this over the past few years. Um, I mean, when Barry Trotz was there, of course, but – even now that they're the kind of team that lulls you into um, playing a dud, let's say they lull you into it because they get on you early when the flyers came out sloppy last night and they did, they told, they would tell you they did yeah. fumbling pucks around, turning pucks over, things like that. And then you just clog up the neutral zone. They can't get through the neutral zone. There was no puck possession. It was, it was really a, um, well, I mean, it was quite a deviation from what we saw in the last game before the break in Winnipeg. And, and yeah, I mean, they definitely would want to get a better, you know, a better you, – you'd want to see a better effort than that. And especially when you have teams like Edmonton, Nashville, Seattle, who was surprising everyone this year, coming in. I mean, these are not um, – these teams are no slouch, and every game matters for these teams as well. So – you know, that's – you could tell last night, John Tortorella, I would say his lack of words in particular, <laughs> I think you opened the questioning with your question and he kind of just shrugged and sort of made a facial expression as opposed to an answer and it kind of said everything he thought about the game. And, you know, I don't think you, how, how you could have any other takeaway than that except for that Carter Hart played pretty well. Absolutely. And the Flyers wanted a better start in that game. They didn't get it. And that was, I think, John Torello's biggest frustration was that they let New York take it to him in the first period. And really, there's no excuse for not having energy in that first period or trying to control the game a little bit, get your fans into it, because you just had eight days of a break. 
uh, you're back home and a big division game where he, he knew the Islanders would come out hard. And he, he really looked at it as a barometer of lack of a better word, hardness. Like he, they want to build an identity of being a hard team to play against uh, where when you're at home and you take it to some teams and you keep it low scoring and you don't allow much. The Islanders very much do that. That's their MO. And he, I think wanted to see the Flyers match that quite frankly, they didn't. And it just was a disappointing start to a homestand where again, the Flyers are, they came into this month of February, six points out of the second wildcard spot in the East. I don't think anyone's thinking they're going to be a playoff team. I don't even think management really is thinking of this season as a playoff season. It's kind of, you know, they'll act accordingly if the Flyers make things interesting here. But the Flyers, the players, have something to play for here. They're not totally out of it. Uh, So they need to value these games and understand the month of February is very important, Joe, because as everyone knows, the trade deadline is March 3rd, and the Flyers are expected to move some pieces off. Uh, and they're going to look different. Uh, but if the Flyers have a decent month of February, who knows, maybe maybe one or two more guys stay, and maybe they have a chance in March as well. Uh, but would you agree, Joe, that this is a very, very important month for the team before we're expecting changes in March? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the swing month of the season. Um, and I, I don't really think there's a middle ground because – I think you're either going to sell off some pieces and likely get worse or you're going to keep pieces and stay the same or potentially play a little bit better. So I do think it's a, it's a, it's a huge month. I don't think there's any argument for that. It's, I mean, it's a huge month for every team. It's kind of the swing month where a lot of teams are determining what they are or are not doing at that trade deadline. And, you know, To me, I found it fitting that last night's game happened on the day when that letter to the the season ticket holders came out from John Tortorella because he, in the letter, explicitly reminded something we've heard him say, you know, we're not there yet. It's kind of not our year. It's these themes that we've heard about building and establishing an identity. And then last night's game shows you they aren't there yet. They just aren't. Um, they're not there, and they're not there, especially when they play a team that um, I'll use Tortorella's words yesterday morning can run you over. And um, we're not talking about a super powerful Islanders team. I mean, they're outside looking in at the playoffs. They just picked up Bo Horvat, which is obviously going to put, you know, they're gearing up for a playoff run. But they are a hard team to play against, and the core that's been there for a number of year na- years now, the Nelsons, the Anders Lee, the Sezikis, um, you know, Scott Mayfield, the names go on and on. They've been there for a while. They continue to be hard to play against, and that's their identity, and everybody knows it going into every game. And I don't – John Tortorella clearly doesn't know what the identity of this team is, and I think there's several players on this team that he doesn't know if they're going to be here going forward. And that's all part of what's going on here. And I do think despite the look at the standings and the shutout, the game before the break and the thing you come out on the ice and the game like that last night shows you, they definitely still have uh, plenty of work to do. Flyers talk is brought to you by great railing. Stop into great railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking and fencing needs. 
February is very much a figure it out month. I think the Flyers are going to figure out a lot about some of these players that they have, guys that might not be here in the future, guys that will definitely be here in the future. Joe, I found it very interesting that James Van Riemsdyk is no longer skating with Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett. And that told me a little bit that maybe the Flyers are aware that they're going to move James Van Riemsdyk. And I think they want Frost and Tippett to start developing chemistry with some other guys because those two were playing very well with James Van Riemsdyk. And I think the Flyers are starting to forecast what they could be like after that March trade deadline and Perhaps that's a way to say we want to see some of these younger players start playing with other guys because they're going to be playing with other guys down the stretch of this season. James Van Reems like still was skating on a pretty good line with Konechny and, and Noah Cates, but Tippett was on a different line and Frost was on a separate line. So those, those two players weren't playing with each other. And I really think the Flyers are starting to think about what they're going to do come March 3rd and and be ready to change this team up uh, because they have to make moves to really get ready for the summer and get ready for next season. This season, I think as everyone knows, as John Tortorella wrote in a letter to season ticket orders, is about the future. And uh, again, the, fly- the the players have an opportunity to change that. If they, if they want to surprise people, they can. And I think they're determined to do so because they put themselves in a position to actually make things interesting. But Joe, would you agree that um, – you know, the, the Flyers are, are going to try some things here in February and they're going to shed some pieces, I think, in March. And we're going to learn a lot about certain players and if they're a part of the future here. Yeah, I think part of the message that uh, that we're not there yet is telling fans, hey, we're going to be trying some things. And some things, as you mentioned, breaking up one of the top scoring lines. I will say this. It does look to me like Owen Tippett somehow has lost that scoring touch. It looked like he had, you know, five weeks ago, let's say. Um, Morgan Frost did not play well last night, and I'm sure he himself would say that as well. Um, Hayes came out of the gates, and, you know, it was a little bit tough. He was on the ice for both goals. He took two penalties. You know, it's not really what you wanted to see out of the all-star break from the Flyers all-star representative. So it, it just looked top to bottom like they looked like a team that's telling their coach that they need to try some things. Yeah. And, you know, Thursday's a little bit dicey because that's probably going to be a little bit more of an up and down type of game. And if the Flyers come out like they played last night, uh, that's a real danger zone against that team. Um, so – that said, there'll be more opportunities for them to score, I'm sure, against Edmonton than there was against the Islanders. So I think that'll be a telling game. Get a, um, you know, get a practice in, kind of get back in the flow of the season schedule and not be on break and, you know, see what they look like coming out on Thursday. And then obviously you have your back-to-back on the weekend, so they'll really be back in the flow of the schedule at that point. But um, – you know, I agree with you that, that moving JVR, like JVR is clearly going to be a piece that they're going to be trying to move at the deadline. Last year of his deal, um, you know, help could help a contending team's power play. So I'm sure there'll be some suitors. Not sure the Flyers are going to get much back. Um, but, you know, he'll – so, yeah, I mean – 
prepare them to move on. And, you know, when you have, you don't want your young players that are going to be here getting used to playing with a guy that might not be here in a month. And, um, you know, so I agree with you there for sure. And I, I don't think we're, I don't think we've seen the end of the trying things. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the lineup looks different tomorrow night. And, um, you know, um, the one thing, too, that stuck out to me that I didn't mention earlier is last night, their their structure seemed to be off last night. Um, you had even strength where Tony D'Angelo is playing behind the net, behind the off in the offensive zone. And that's, you know, I know Tony likes to push the offense, but when you're having a game like last night, I'm not sure that's the greatest thing. And then on the Barzell goal, um, you know, he wheels re- out, out right in front and – you know, all five flyers on the ice are below the dots and kind of over in that corner. And, you know, it somehow the shiftiest and fastest player on the ice gets free. And some discouraging things that we weren't seeing in the games necessarily leading up to the All-Star break, um, aside from a few moments. But last night it seemed to be a, a whole game's worth of that. Um, because I don't know about you, but – I didn't feel like they were going to score in the third pe- the whole third period. It felt like they were down by three goals, yeah. even though they were down one. Yeah. yeah, two things that really stood out to me were one thing that you mentioned, Joe, the penalties by two veteran players. Kevin Hayes committed two, Scott Lawton the other. The Islanders scored on Lawton's, and the Flyers are going to rely a lot on Scott Lawton and Kevin Hayes. And when those two – have a game that they had last night, the Flyers are going to feel it. They're going to, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, it's going to be tough to overcome that. Um, Hazel's a minus one, Lawton a minus one, three penalties, didn't score. Tough to overcome that when those two important players play that way and aren't at their best. And then the other thing was young players that really felt the way the Islanders check and Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett being two of them. Like, two guys that can make things happen. Like you're watching it and you see them have maybe a little bit of light and they're about to make a play and boom, the Islanders check them, get them off the puck and the puck's going the other way. And that was something that Tortorella mentioned after the game was that we're going to learn a lot about some guys here in these types of games where the checking is real hard and fast and there's just not a lot of time and space to make things happen. You have to adjust. You have to find other ways to score, find other ways to, keep possession, make things happen because you're just not going to have the puck on your stick a ton because the, the opposition is going to meet you real hard and quick. And it just seemed like any time I thought Frost or Tippett was making something happen, they got checked like that, and suddenly the play was going the other way and uh, the Islanders were trying to make something happen. So, Yeah, and it's to me, it, there's a reason a guy like Nick Delorier shows up in a game last night because yeah. he is a player that is used to and can play that style of – of checking. He's a veteran player, not one that possesses a ton of offensive skills, despite that tip last night on his goal was great. But there's a reason why a guy like that is a noticeable guy in a game like last night against the Islanders. And, and you have player younger guys like tip and frost that struggle. It's one guy's been there and done that. And Mm -hmm. despite being not the, you know, the most talented player offensively, he's been around the block with those kind of games. And some of these other guys have just have not. And especially out of a break, it's kind of like, you know, (laughs) being in a sound sleep and having somebody throw cold water on you. 
you know, you're out there, you know, getting, uh, having bodies on, on you nonstop. And, uh, you know, but I think we'll find out a lot later this week. Yeah. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Joe, I do agree that the game Thursday against the Oilers could be very telling because, as everyone knows, that team can embarrass you with offense at times. So the Flyers, you know, if they, if they don't come out the right way, could be in for a really tough game. Or the Flyers could, you know, surprise some people and maybe make that a game and and possibly win it. And suddenly the homestand's back even and they have a chance to make something of it and maybe win some people over again. When you beat the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and, and you do something, uh, it wins some people back and maybe shifts the, the energy from negative to positive. So I do think that that game could be very telling and a game everyone's going to really keep an eye on. And Joe, I think the biggest thing is, can this team respond? They, we saw them respond a good bit from the holiday break to this recent break where they went 10-4-2. and two. Uh, they Even when they went through that little three-game slide before the break, two of those losses were at the regulation. So, you know, they were in games, never really got beat up back-to-back games for the most part. I think uh, everyone's going to be looking for a response, Joe, particularly John Tortorella. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's going to be – and – you know, we haven't heard him we, other than what he said after the game last night. We haven't heard him talk today, of course. So, but this is another team, and in a different way, if you don't come out ready to play, you're going to get run off your home ice. You just are. Um, and it's a completely different style of team than the Islanders, but um, a lot more skill offensively. And of course, you know, you're dealing with the guys who have finished what one and two in the scoring in the last two or three seasons in a row. And at least according to what Kevin Hayes said last week, perhaps the most talented player that's ever played in this league in Connor McDavid. So you need to be ready to play and they need to have a different mindset, effort level, different everything than they had against the Islanders. And, you know, it's not going to be easy, but because this is also a team you don't we haven't you haven't seen this year. You don't see them much in general two times a year, and now you're going to get them twice, I believe, in the next three weeks. Because I think the – yeah, because the Western trip starts next week. So, yeah, I mean, it's – it's um, they, they they need to be ready because the schedule coming up is not uh, a kind one, let's say. And I think the, the letter from John Tortorella to season ticket holders was probably very much the Flyers' understanding they need to connect with their fans and keep them in it because – if the Flyers make moves at March and they obviously are looking towards next year, that puts a struggle on getting got people back into the building and coming to games. And I think a good way to maybe connect with the fans was Tortorella coming out and saying, hey, stick with us, stick with us. But, you know, it could take time. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say we're a playoff team. But, hey, I like a lot of the things that I'm seeing. We're trending in the right direction. We're going to get it right. Stick with us. But at the end of the day, fans are pretty smart. And if they see the team get blown out by the Oilers, like what makes them want to come back the next night? Uh, 
especially when the Eagles are on the verge of a possible Super Bowl and the Phillies are going to be at spring training. Like, Sixers are obviously playing very well. So, you know, teams are smart and they understand they have to value their fans and try to send the right message and make sure the fans are sticking with it. But eventually these season ticket holders need to be up for the next year. And I think the Flyers are trying to get ahead on it and understand they want fans back in the building and they want to make sure the fans understand the direction of the team. But my overall point, Joe, is I think results will do the talking. And yeah. uh, the, the Flyers, you know, they might not have to win some of these games, but you don't want to get blown out. And if you get blown out, uh, everyone's going to question the direction and the talent of the, of the team and the, what the young players are doing. Well, the, co- the combination that they went with Monday night was sloppy play and boring. That's not a good one. Now, understandably, the Islanders play that style, so yeah. they had a lot to do with it. But that's not a recipe for any kind of success, whether it be results-wise or fans in the stands. Not a recipe for success either way with what we saw Monday um, because that was a game that, I mean, it almost lulled me to sleep, it felt like. Um, and, you know, that's not what you wanted coming out of the break, but – these things happen in sports. When you look, come off long layoffs, you never know. And like John Tortorella said yesterday, you never know what's going to happen out of breaks. It's uh, it's always an interesting thing to see how teams come out. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with who you're playing. But there's a, there's a sizable amount of that stuff you can control. Yeah. And the Flyers didn't seem to control a lot of it last night. Are you saying Ashland had to wake you up a couple of times, Joe, for intermission? <laughs> Not exactly, but I believe the term boring was being thrown around in the newsrooms quite a bit last night. Like, Oh, I imagine. I know oh, us. I know what Scott are we going to talk Al. about? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I know Scott and Al were on, so you have you have yeah. everyone. You got the whole panel. And, uh, yeah, there wasn't. I mean, there was times during the game where I was just like, wow, like there's just not much happening. Like, That's I, what I mean. You, and you're down a goal you're down a goal and it feels like you're down four goals. And it, you know, it, uh, again, I've said this about the Islanders for years. It reminded me, it, they remind me a lot of the New Jersey devils of the nineties yeah. where you could be down a goal and it's like, okay, well, we're not going to score on Brodor. So we might as well be down four goals. You know, it's just, they're that kind of team, less talent, you know, they haven't won a Stanley cup and yeah. that devil's team was a, borderline dynasty so i'm not I, I don't mean to compare that but lou amarello built that team and lou amarello built this team he clearly has a style that has bred success in his past and that's clearly the way they're going to try to win now regardless of who the coach is or who the players are yeah. catch all the sports action and more at rivers casino philadelphia whether it's the money line or the pass line there's something for everyone including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe, one thing that still sticks out to me a lot when the Flyers struggle to score but they're in games is Carter Hart is very much the future. And if, to me, if, if I'm the team and I'm thinking of a sales pitch and trying to get people to come watch, Carter Hart's it. I mean, 24 years old, and he keeps him in every single game. I mean, that first period, John Tortorella said – the Islanders fed them, and they were only down one nothing. It was a power play goal in the final three minutes of the period. Carter Hart kept them in the game. He's very fun to watch, and he's going to give them a chance. And I think if there's one thing that you can kind of have hope for, that the Flyers are playing a lot of young players, and one of those young players is a net 
and looking very much like he can be here for a very long time. Uh, if the Flyers didn't have a young goalie and they maybe had a vet there that was kind of just, you know, patchwork kind of there for a year or so, I, I would think there would be serious problems. But at least there's a young goalie in that and some young players in front of him. Uh, I think there's something there, and he's probably the, the biggest key ing- ingredient. Would, would you oh, think? Absolutely. I mean, you know, and even last night, you know, the power play goal he gives up to Palmieri. I mean, Palmieri goes inside out on the defenseman and shoots the puck inside the far post. Yeah. It was an absolute snipe yeah. from a guy that's done that for a long time in this league. So certainly not going to fault Carter Hart there. And then obviously the second goal he gave up was a perfect play by Noah Dobson right to Bar- on Barzell's stick. And Barzell was left free in front of the net. Generally, that's not going to result well. And, um, you know, so, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that has to be a bright spot. Um, It totally, it completely appears both on and off the ice that Hart has moved past the struggles he dealt with a couple years ago um, and is the future for this team in the net. And they just need to shore up what's in front of him correct some of these lapses that happen. And, you know, a lot of that is, too, not playing sloppy on the other end of the ice with the puck so that it results in a turnover that puts the goalie in a bad spot. I mean, the the goal Barzell scores starts by Sealer turning the puck over on the other end of the ice out by his own blue line or out by the the offensive blue line. And, um, you know, those are the kind of things that you know drive John Tortorella crazy because you can't play sloppy at – at the offensive blue line, because if no one's behind you, you're asking for trouble. And we've seen at times this year, Kevin Hayes play out there with the puck and it result badly. And, you know, that's all things that have come up this season. They've been corrected. We saw them revert a little bit back last night and just need to be corrected again. And uh, I think they have a good amount of guys that, are dedicated and to making that happen. And uh, I expect a much better game on Thursday. It'll probably be the true test of John Torrello is getting more and more out of these young players, like not letting them plateau or dip too, too long. He mentioned it the other day about Owen Tippett, that is that his dips seem to be shorter and not lengthy. Uh, whereas earlier in the season, he seemed to kind of go down for, stretches and then he would rise back up seems like when he has a bad game and i'm not saying he had a bad game uh, against the islanders i thought he was actually one of the more active players but he obviously he didn't score didn't put up a point uh he's one of the young players you want to consistently see respond right um, and connect another one too i yeah. mean i think i i feel like we all in the beginning of the year when we were talking about his season and how he was off to this amazing start we we i think we all had a feeling in the back of our mind something like this could be coming at some point. And he hasn't scored since his hat trick on January 11th. That's a long time. Um, and, you know, he makes that that dangle move or in the first period near the boards last night that was just awesome. And then he passed the JVR, went under his stick. So it doesn't appear like his level of play has dropped off that much. It's just everything's not finding the net like it was earlier in the season. And I expect that to correct itself soon, too. And that's one of those guys where we haven't seen a prolonged dip. So you looked at for him to really emerge in one of these games and kind of get back on track. 
And what happened when the Flyers were missing a lot of key pieces earlier in the year? They went on a 10-game losing streak. And that's, to me, somewhat the alarming thing that you want to watch for when the Flyers hit the trade deadline is they're very likely going to shed some important veteran players, uh, guys that make a difference. And when they don't have them the rest of the year, can they stay afloat? And I'm not saying push for the playoffs or anything. I'm just saying stay in games, make progress, and see young players still grow. Uh, that would be a real challenge, I think, for John Tortorella. He's had a challenge all year, and I think a lot of people would agree he's answered the bell in many ways. But big challenge ahead is getting more out of these young players as the season gets older and gets longer and the Flyers have less players to work with. Well, we'll have a ton of coverage here. The homestand just getting started. Three more home games. The the On Thursday, it's the Oilers. Saturday, the Predators. Sunday, the Kraken, all three games on NBC Sports Philadelphia with pre- and post-game live right here, produced by our very own Joe Fortis. Joe, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.